0: Previously on the Avatar Returns. This is the only one of these I have to be on, right? I'm not expected
1: to come back every week.
2: Hey there. I I actually don't know where I am or what podcast I'm on, but I really appreciate you all asking me to be here. Yeah, an animated show. This is a kids' show, and we've already gone full Silence of the Lambs.
0: Every epic martial arts infused journey of world saving and self-discovery it has to begin with a single podcast I was sadly disappointed that it wasn't uh in either
1: black or black and white or Swedish and the
2: purpose of the avatar is to keep the world in balance and the fire nation has begun kicking the unholy crap out of everyone else in the world
1: I think any other Nickelodeon series uh, throw around words like sexist
2: I mean this is a show where the the one of the core pieces of the mythology is the genocide of all of Aang's people
1: hey nine-year-old me is gonna kick the shit out of you
2: he was like because like okay let's be clear Sokka is the Xander of this show
1: my impression of Appa was so I haven't seen the never-ending story like a combination <laughs> of that thing and the cat bus from My Neighbor Totoro. I, I have a feeling that AJ's still going to be saying he's a lemur at the end of the show. And his avatar state is definitely, it's pretty dramatic. Okay, so his name was Roku and that wasn't just me implanting the name of an electronic device into Correct. the show. Eric and I are going to quit on air at the exact same time.
0: Yep. Hello and welcome to the Avatar Returns. I'm Paul. I'm Eric. I'm AJ. And each week, we discuss two to four episodes of the Nickelodeon animated series Avatar The Last Airbender and its sequel series The Legend of Korra. Eric and I have seen both series before, but this is AJ's first trip to the world of Avatar. This week, we'll be discussing Book 1, Chapters 4, 5, and 6. That's The Warriors of Kiyoshi, The King of Omashu, and Imprisoned. But before we get to that, how are you guys? I'm good. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Oh, okay, all right. That That was... I'll take it. No it's explanation needed. <laughs> it's good enough. Good enough. All right, that's how you are. You're you're doing good enough. Okay. Well, um I'll stop trying to make small talk then. Let's just get to the show. Uh so uh
1: the weather outside
0: is delightful. Is it? Is the weather nice there? It's
1: it's very nice.
0: Okay. Well, that's good to know. Um I want to hear about what that Putin's done lately. <laughs> okay. I don't like it. En- enough of like that. It. Enough of that. Someone cut his microphone. Um Uh, Before we really get into these three episodes, I kind of wanted to go back just a little bit. I feel like maybe we should say just a few words about Prince Zuko um, that for some reason it never occurred to me to talk about this stuff last week. Uh, The reason I want to bring it up now is because some of that stuff was in the previously on for these episodes. Uh, Specifically, we didn't really talk about, I mean, we talked about, uh, AJ, you talked about how he's an annoying character. That's that's most of the discussion that we had about Zuko. Uh, but, I mean, we learned some stuff about him that we didn't really mention. The fact that, well, for obvious, obviously we know he's a prince, so he's the prince of the Fire Nation, but f- he's been banished for some reason. Um, he's got that scar on his face uh, that it's in plot, like Iroh s- said something about Prince Zuko. Don't you remember the last time you battled a master and— Zuko like touched his face and says, I'll never forget. So I mean, I just did that add any sort of mystery or interest in that character for you, AJ? Um
1: I'll tell you what would.
0: Okay, what would? Um
1: <laughs> If so if Prince Zuko had some kind of sidekick, um, who was I'm gonna say jazzy, and if he changed his title to
0: the Fresh Prince of the Fire Nation, okay. I'd be I'd be all about it. All right. Well, no spoilers. I can't. Okay. I, I can't tell you if that ever happens. I, I
2: have a, a modification I'd like to make to this podcast structure going forward. Okay. Um, we
1: don't ask AJ any other questions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. I'm making a note of that right now. Awesome. No one talked to AJ. I,
1: I, I want to clarify. I fully expect Prince Zuko to be an interesting character down the line, but I mean, it's I'm not. I'm, I'm watching the show for the first time. I don't know what's ahead of me so far. I mean, I, I, I found him less annoying in these episodes. I don't think he's not in them as much. <laughs> yeah, he I was guess.
0: in them less. But
1: but uh, no, I I think he's... I, I'm ready for there to be a really interesting uh, angle to that character.
0: Okay. Um, well, since I mentioned the fact that there's the previously on... Uh, I, I did talk about this last time, too, but I'm still adjusting to the fact that uh, there's a previously on Avatar bit at the front of every episode, like I said when I watched it before on the DVDs those don't start until later in the season so the first I don't know third or maybe half of of the first season um, it it didn't have that and I think those really drive home the, the idea that this is a larger story that like you need to like you're supposed to be sort of following the progression and the growth of these characters. So it, it's interesting now watching the digital versions that have that at the front of every single episode. Um, I was I was about to throw to AJ and I realized I would be breaking our new rules. So Eric, go ahead, th- throw to me. Throw to me. Uh, okay, AJ. Does does that make you d- does that make it feel like this is a larger story and that, that uh, each week is you know a new chapter in the story? I think I think it does because
1: especially like i i mean you i you could tell i think even without those you could tell that this was more than just another like you know wacky nickelodeon cartoon but i don't know how much of that's being informed by the fact that like you guys have told me that it's like this big epic story that i've heard that from many other people so i think you know if you're watching it for the first time having the previously ons in front and, and beforehand really does tell you that unlike a lot of uh, like American kids cartoons, this is actually trying to tell a story and trying to to paint a broader picture. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I, I think that the, the previous seons are useful because um, if you're not familiar, if you're not ready for what this show is going to be, you may not have been paying attention for things that you thought would actually be like running pieces of character development, which actually are. So seeing them again is when you start getting the clue of like, well, maybe I should be paying attention to what's going on with, you know, with Zuko or, with ang's past or whatever because we're very familiar with animated series especially american animated series doing a lot of groundwork at the beginning to set up a massive backstory that then just becomes adventures of the week that never change right from that yeah. point forward because mean, you look at like even from the 80s like transformers thundercats like do you feel like, <laughs> the, like the backstory of thundercats it's bonkers yeah <laughs> but then it never does anything with it it's just they fight mumra every week after that, so the, the previously on, and this sort of gives you the idea that it's not just going to be
0: Thundercats. Man, I can't wait for the episode of Avatar when we finally get to the evita- the episode of Avatar where Mumra shows up. That's going to be awesome.
2: That would be uh, mum, the Mumra episode of Avatar is definitely a, a classic. Yeah.
0: Really. <laughs> um All right. So, how do we feel that the these three episodes are progressing the story? Like,
2: uh, let's let's start with. I think really AJ is probably a good place to start because I don't want to taint anything that AJ is going to think about anything. So,
1: okay. AJ, What did you think as far as story progression goes
0: overall?
2: Yeah. Story progression, whatever.
1: Overall. Um, I talked a little bit about this with Paul earlier. Um, I, I had, a, I had asked, I actually asked Paul, like how much of my reactions, like, can I share with you in advance? Because I had a reaction to just in general, that I wanted to share with him. And I was like, how much do you actually want to know before we record and his response was, "Well, let me tell you, two of these three episodes are not among the best the show has to offer. So I'm just assuming that you didn't like them." And that kind because, of took... because when
0: he asks me that, it's usually because he's about to say something terrible.
1: I <laughs> that kind of surprised me because I I really enjoyed for the most part these three episodes, and then I found out that the one I loved and the one I didn't care for are like opposite in Avatar fandom. Uh, so I, I will say that uh, the the one of these that didn't quite work for me even though I assume and Paul kind of confirmed this a little I assume it's the one that, that is setting up stuff for the future uh, the king of Amashu I that episode didn't quite work for me uh, though I loved uh, imprisoned which apparently Paul says is one of the the lesser rated episodes of the series or something
0: yeah I mean I don't follow the fandom uh intimately or anything, I also came to the series late, so I wasn't I wasn't in all the chat rooms discussing this, but the impression that I've gotten is most people uh, like the Warriors of Kyoshi uh, which is, I thought is, was a really good episode is pretty highly regarded, and then the King of Amashu I, I mean, I don't know how people feel about it it's not really the one, one that people talk about, but Imprisoned is one that I've seen a lot of people sort of dismiss, just because I guess, of these three that's the one that f- Feels like a monster of the week episode or something. I suppose also because it it's not a good episode at all. <laughs> oh no, I think, oh, it's, a, I think it's the best. I think it's the best one so far. Really? See, and okay. I'm and I'm in the middle. I just I, I don't hate it or anything, but it's not one of the standout episodes for me. So it was it
2: was definitely not, maybe we shouldn't get too too much. But I, I had very split split reactions. My I had a sort of reaction. So I remembered two of the three episodes in this, which was the. King of Amashu and um, the Warriors of Kyoshi. Is that actual? Is that the name of it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I remembered really. I remember those episodes fairly clearly. Um, at least that I remember their existence fairly clearly. And they came a lot earlier than I was expecting them to. Mm-hmm. So I didn't expect to hit them. So in fact, I haven't been really looking at the watch list on purpose because I don't want to think too much about what I'm going to watch next. So when I I look at like the watch list for the next week when I'm about to start watching, and I was like, oh man, both of these episodes are are now. Um, So those ones I had remembered imprisoned, I didn't remember at all. And I came away realizing why I didn't remember it at all. Although I did have a little more complicated feelings about it by the end. But it was – I struggled a little bit through all three of these, I would say. Not in a a terrible way. Not like, oh, man, I can't believe I'm watching this. But it it was – I had less fun watching these three than I did the first three, and I was not expecting that at all. Well, I I will say
0: that these three – like, I would I would rank these three in the order that, that they aired, that we watched them. So I, I think of the three, the one I like the most is the Warriors of Kyoshi, followed by the King of Amashu and Imprisoned. Um, and I, I feel like the Warriors of Kyoshi, especially having the, you know, the advantage of having seen the entire series, I, I feel like that episode is actually doing work that is progressing. So like stuff happens and we get some insights into characters and then, then there's some character development. Like, you know, it deals a lot with the fact that, um, that Sokka is a sexist pig <laughs> and yeah. he kind of has to face up to that. And, and we get to see, you know, he's willing to, to, you know, to bow down to someone who's a superior fighter and, and take some lessons, even if it is a girl, um, and it also introduces the fact that uh, the the gang has to be careful like uh, they don't necessarily want the entire world to know that the avatar is back and they don't certainly don't want the entire world to know where the avatar is because they they end up bringing the war to this isolated island that has managed to stay out of it for a hundred years So I just feel like that episode actually does some stuff yeah. King of Amashu I don't particularly like and part of it is because um, Art wise, it's not the best it's not yeah. the high water mark of the series. The problem with, the problem that I have
1: with the King of Omashu is that I think this show is very funny and there are very funny things in the King of Omashu. Like my favorite part of the episode was like the whole take him to the refurbished chamber that was once bad. Yeah. Like that that bit I mean, that's, that's some really funny dialogue. But it, it it really did feel like I was like, Oh, this feels like a Nickelodeon show. Um, this, which I guess is not like a dirty word. There have been some great shows on Nickelodeon, but it really did feel more like a kids show mm-hmm. in that one episode. It felt, uh, you know, obvious. It's supposed to be goofier, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna ad- admit this because it's really embarrassing. It makes me look e- like even more of an idiot than I usually do. I didn't realize. I didn't. I did not anticipate the the twist. Oh, you didn't. You didn't. You know, know. The, d- despite the fact that. In retrospect, they hold on in – the, in the flashback, they hold on Boomy's missing mad genius laugh. His missing teeth. Yeah, and his missing teeth for a really long time. And as I was watching that scene, I was like, huh, they're really letting this run on for a while. But I did not connect it at all. <laughs> That's awesome. I,
0: I was going to ask
1: you. <laughs> I didn't connect it the first time I watched either, for what it's worth. So, AJ,
2: I mean, maybe we're both morons, but it did not – that didn't click for me the first time I saw this
1: episode. I remember not – Getting that. So
0: I, I I don't remember if I figured it out the first time I watched it or not, but
1: I did like the twist. i i, I liked that. Mm-hmm. Um though that that makes me like I now have questions about how age works in Avatars <laughs> it's sort of like a like a Bible situation where people can live for hundreds
0: of years. Or, uh... Yeah well Kiyo I mean Kyoshi lived for like three hundred, right? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. No, no. It was well, I don't know how long she lived, but um they said that she has been dead for centuries. I'm uh, going to
2: look this up because I'm certain I read this and she lived for a really long time. As you're looking uh, that up, so I'll see. Her age was two thirty. Okay, at her death. D- okay. Is
0: that, where does that information come from? I'm do- I'm not it's doubting a, it's, it, but it's a
2: week. I mean, it's a wiki, but I, I looked it up and, and, and I, it's, it's the avatar wiki. Uh-huh. But I swear I read this somewhere else and that she died. Hold on. I'm looking it up. Uh, okay. Hey, i you've now sent me to Reddit. Oh, no. Oh, no.
0: Well, I'll just say in this episode, in the Warriors of Kyoshi, uh, what they say within that episode is she uh, she was born on this island 400 years ago. She's been and then something like she's been dead for centuries or whatever. So I guess
1: I guess 170 years would be close to centuries.
0: Well, if she was born 400 years ago and she lived to, well,
1: yeah,
2: I don't know. Well, I mean, you figure like Avatar, Avatar Roku lived for like, almost like a hundred years. Yeah. So, um, and then a- Aang was gone for a hundred. Yeah. So there's your centuries. Yeah.
0: Basically. Well, I, I guess to answer, to, to address that, AJ, like, I don't remember if within the, the text of the show, if they ever addressed this directly, but... Having watched the show several times, yeah, it, it's sort of implied, or I thought that it was implied. Maybe it's actually said that uh, people can be long-lived because obviously, like, Aang w- was in suspended animation for 100 years and Boomy is still around. It's, I, but, think
1: it's, I think it's the lack of processed food. Like, there's no, like, there's no Avatar equivalent of McDonald's that I've seen so far. This is, so that, I mean, that must be it. That's, that's yeah that's definitely this is
0: diet cause... this is diet AJ talking now. like
1: like like Aang, like ang, as he's like surfing on the elephant koi or whatever he's not gonna stop and get like a McGriddle that's not a possibility so he, he will live longer as a result
0: that's because the McGriddles are not part of the all-day breakfast menu
1: <laughs> well played um but no uh speaking of kiyoshi herself I really like this is not something that had even occurred to me because I'm not sure at this point how deeply I've thought about the mythology of this show but i really like that Aang isn't just like he's not just part of a line of male avatars mm-hmm. that there are female avatars as well and i thought that this episode in particular uh like you mentioned paul it deals with the fact that sokka has certain uh sexist attitudes um i liked uh how it dealt with gender mm-hmm. uh, a little bit and i liked uh, even even though there are a couple jokes about like sokka being in drag and stuff. I, I like that, you know, he's uh, in the end, he's in the, the the full dress and makeup of the Kyoshi Warriors. And, you know, when she gets real, I mean, he you know, he just rushes out like as a warrior woman. Uh-huh. And I, I don't know I, I liked all of that.
2: Yeah, I, I and it was nice to see. I mean, the Warriors of Kyoshi are like um, a pretty great thing in in the show, and and we have not seen the last of the Kyoshi stuff. I'm not, I I don't want to spoil, but that's coming yeah, back. That's and I job. think it was, I think it was pretty clear that that they had that they weren't closing that door necessarily. Um, and I think I think that it's it's worth noting that for the fact that things do, you know, things will come back in the show. You know, things that are getting set up now will come back. And I so I love the Kyoshi stuff, but this was an episode that I did not like as much coming back to it. Even though it's a cool episode and there's a lot of really great stuff, I struggled with this episode, uh, especially – in AJ, this kind of goes back to some of what you were talking about with the King of Amashu. A lot of the, like, goofy humor stuff, like all of the Aang getting chased around like he was in A Hard Day's Night. I it thought that was kind a little of cute. Bit. Was, I think I did the first time too, actually, because this time it really it – really, I struggled with it this time. I really did. I mean, I – and not like – again, not in like a, oh, man, I can't take this show
0: kind of way, but I was not enjoying it. As much this time. Um, That's interesting. I I love that you said a hard day's night because when I was watching it this time, this is, I don't know, maybe the fourth time I've seen, I've gone through the show. As I was watching it this time, uh, I was hearing the monkeys. (laughs) Like, I I grew up watching the monkeys TV show. And so I was hearing the monkeys.
1: How did the hard day's night comparison not occur to me of all people on this planet? Right. You are a really crappy Beatles fan, which you can tell <laughs> because you like Yoko. <laughs> well, I didn't. Know this podcast was turning into this, but do you have a few hours? We can sit down and talk. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: okay. Well, on the on the, it, it's interesting that you weren't as big a fan of this one. I guess. I mean, I guess taking in the whole experience of the uh, of what the show is as a whole. I mean. We're still early in the first season, and uh, so we're still kind of dealing with the fact that Aang is is trying to be a kid. He's just trying—he's trying to stay a 12-year-old. And in this, um, you know, they deal with that again. There's the fact that he—I mean, Katara obviously— put a lot of faith. She put all her hopes and faith in this, in this boy, even though grand grand told her not to. Um, And she really wants him to take her, his responsibilities seriously. And all he wants to do is be a kid and he wants to ride the giant koi fish. And he wants to, you know, have all the cute girls fawning all over him and all that stuff. But uh, you know, we just, we need a few episodes in the early part of the season to, to address that. And gradually he gets over it. But
2: yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of the, the TV adage of like, repeat the pilot four times. yeah Uh, yeah. to get everyone to the show and that might be what's going on but i i think that actually it's ang's like that it's the sort of like disparity between ang's need to go do goofy things and the show's rather serious plot that i think is grating on me a Mm -hmm. little more this time through and i'm again i'm using harsher terms than i really mean i don't really mean that it's like again that i'm like annoyed with the show or anything but it doesn't work as well Mm -hmm. for me going back through i mean like you know, I mean, like the, the third episode, Imprisoned, is a good example where you have these really potent themes of, like, like the colonial life of these um, Earthbenders, yes. of the Earth Kingdom people, at, under the Firebenders, but at the same time, we have it in the mixed in a show where, like, Aang is a goofball half the time and it's and the and I don't feel like they've found the balance between those two things yet that might be what it is that they it seems to shift gears between the two as opposed to those two things being in harmony with each other mm-hmm. and these three episodes kind of made
0: that really obvious see I I lay that issue more on King of Omashu than I did on Warriors of Kyoshi and it's probably because again as I said uh, in the last episode uh, Saka is probably my favorite character on the show, and. There's the, you know, there's the B storyline going on with Sokka in Warriors of Kyoshi, and I loved that stuff. I love the Warriors of Kyoshi uh, in general, but I love Sokka's relationship with them. And whereas King of Amashu, um, even though it is under the surface, it's tricking you uh, into watching, you know, a serious story like, like King Bumi is actually doing something. He's not completely insane, but the show plays it off like he's insane, and it's, there really isn't a, there really isn't a B story.
1: You know, it reminded me of like when when a show when a genre show like a, like Buffy. I mean, it's the one I always come to, cause the one I'm most familiar with. But like when Buffy does an episode like um, uh, Tabula Rasa or something that is just do, str- do not str- go
2: go choose go choose another example. <laughs> Why? Because Tabula Rasa is like the absolute funniest episode of Buffy. So let's just let's just go on
1: to a worse. <laughs> Tabula Rasa is decent, but it's like it's it's so like I don't know when a show that I otherwise really enjoy goes straight up insanely goofy or like the uh, the spin the bottle episode of Angel. Oh, man, another great one, which I'm not that it was I'm not that into. You're, you're um, choosing really weird examples for this. I I, I get what you're saying, <laughs> but you're choosing some strange examples. But I but do they're, understand what they're you're There are ones saying. that have never quite worked for me. Um, I, I don't know. It reminded me of one of those episodes. And I actually, at first with the whole boomy flashback, I I kind of, when I didn't know that he was going to turn out to be the king of Omashu, I liked the fact that we were getting another reminder of the, of, you know, Aang is trying to hold on to his innocence and trying to ignore the fact that, you know, everyone he loves is gone now. And I sort of liked the flashback as just a reminder of what he's lost. And I, Though I did like the twist at the end, though, I did like get like a little bit of an awe reaction. Mm -hmm. I part of me wishes that, you know, we it had just been like his whole visit to that city had just been a reminder of like, oh, wow, things are really different now. I I I mean, I grow up.
2: I I like I like that that this was a, a reversal of what we got from the Southern Air Temple, which was finding out that person was dead. And I think doing that again may have been a little harsh for like the first six episodes, yeah. Of a I of a kid, especially yeah. of a kid series, although of any exactly. series really. Um, I, I actually like the twist of King of Amashu. I mean, I think it, I think it works interestingly. Um, and I do like that. And I noticed at this time that they telegraph it even more clearly. Like Boomy knows who he Ang is right off, mm-hmm. and has a reaction that makes it pretty clear. Um, but before I forget to say it, um, Paul, I agree with you entirely that. King of Amashu is much more egregious on the lack of tonal consistency than Warriors of Kyoshi. I think it was present in Warriors of Kyoshi, but I agree with you that King of Amashu is definitely like the most um, egregious example so far of like, we don't know what the tone of this show is all the time, right? and we're going to shift gears randomly.
1: Yeah. Right, sorry, AJ, you were making other points. I just didn't want to forget to say that. Um, another thing that bugged me about King of Amashu, and it's kind of a big one, is that I don't know who did the voice, but boy, I really did not like old boomy's voice let's find out um yeah i think this is a it was it was really wacky old it was wacky old man to 11 and i turned to 11 and i yeah it i kind of bugged me someone i never
0: someone who's never done any other voice andre sogliuso or something oh, wait that was a little kidding oh right, that's wait, the little yeah. one then kevin no. kevin ang is Or maybe give me maybe kevin ang was the other one i'm not
2: okay oh, king <laughs> you're right it's andre sogliuso you're right because they didn't they didn't credit him as boomy in this they credit him as king right so you're absolutely correct um, he's just—he looks like he's done voices, like random voices on a lot of things.
1: I mean, the voice actually did sound kind of familiar, so maybe I've seen him in a snippet of something else. But i, I just didn't. It's like it was like really it was like it was like crazy old coot voice, and it really it it bugged me. <laughs> he's he's very clearly a one of those like worker
2: voice actors. I mean, like, right. this, I'm I'm not saying that based on his performance. I'm saying that based on his um right. CV. I mean, he's like been he's done. Voices in like everything video games, animated stuff. Um, like you know, he's like clone troopers and arc troopers and various oh. troopers and stuff in Clone Wars and, and stuff like that. So he's just he's someone who's been around a bit. And yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like his crazy old coot voice in this, I think it's funny, but I get that. I totally get that.
0: Uh, before we continue, uh, I think it would be worth just mentioning for AJ's sake and for anybody who's following along for the first time with the show, as we, as we talk about it, um, just to keep us, keep Eric and I from being so nervous about revealing spoilers, like things about like the Kyoshi warriors. We haven't seen the last of them. I just want to put it out there that there is very, very little in this show, um, that is just straight one-off, uh, like characters that you meet, it's extremely rare that you only ever meet a character once. Like stuff that is set up early in this series will pay off by the end, and so on and so forth. So, uh, I, I think I think it's a little more random than that. Um,
2: because, not random. There are there are lots of one off things in this show, but it's not the the norm. I would say that it's probably like okay. two thirds. Two thirds of the things you're going to see recur. There are things that I'm thinking of. There are like there's an I'm I'm gonna just give an example that doesn't really matter because it's not really a spoiler and, and the episode is obviously about this and you get this. There's like swamp bender people in one in an episode. And I don't think you ever see the swamp bender people again.
0: Yes. So there's stuff like that. Yes, yes, you do.
2: Oh, do you? I'm come wrong about that. Okay, yeah. I do everything. Right in in, in actually in actually
0: a major way. So spoilers. <laughs> I'm I'm full of crap. Never mind. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but we'll we'll see. We'll see. But um, at any rate, it's just because, yeah, I'm also nervous about saying things like, uh, I love the Kiyoshi Warriors, I mean, just based on this one episode. <laughs> I,
1: I mean, I think unless it's something that the show tries to keep, like, if the Warriors of Kiyoshi had ended in a way that it looked like we were never going to see the Warriors of Kiyoshi again, I think that would be one thing to be like, well, I love them on their many future appearances. Right. Yeah. But, I th- I mean, I don't think it's a spoiler to say certain characters come back if it's not if it's not supposed to be a surprise okay i personally as the resident first-time viewer do not consider that a spoiler okay well that's yeah all,
0: that's all that matters
1: and i and i will if there's and I, and to be perfectly honest AJ, i don't remember
2: if there is or not but if there are areas where it looks like someone may not return i will keep, be keeping my mouth shut about okay. that but yeah a lot of things you're gonna see again you know this is this is laying a lot of groundwork for for stuff that um you know we're gonna be seeing again unfortunately that also means stuff like General Zhao. We'll see again, um, <laughs> yeah. but there's nothing we can do about that. So.
0: I, I, I guess what I'm trying to get, what I'm getting at here, is that uh, that even even when it doesn't seem like this show, like. AJ, like you said, we've told you and many people have told you that the show builds up to something epic. But, you know, it, even when it seems like the show is just being goofy and giving you a monster of the week episode, it's probably not. It's probably doing something important because the creators had an idea from the very beginning. They knew what the story was. You know, there, there's very little floundering that the show does. Right. So anyways, um. So I want to point out some good stuff about King of Amashu, or not good, but like significant oh, details. Can, can I make one quick point? Sure.
1: Um, the voice actor who did the, the who played the King of Amashu last week, when I was saying that this wasn't that Avatar wasn't the typical Nickelodeon show, I said, oh, you no. know, like the one about the kid on the skateboard. Uh, the sh- <laughs> he was he actually did a voice in one episode of the show I was thinking of, which was called Rocket Power, and the kid wasn't on a skateboard; they were like rollerblades. So now everyone knows. So you had it
0: totally wrong, is what you're saying.
1: I, I had it completely wrong, but that was the show I was thinking of.
0: Fascinating. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so uh, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, so, some details that we learned, some stuff that the King of Amashu gives us. Um, we get our first, like, real look at Earthbenders. Yes. So how would you feel about that, AJ? Because uh, um, before this, I think the only the only glimpse you'd gotten of them was in like the opening earth or you know water earth fire air thing
1: um i, I liked it though i think it might be because you mentioned that episode is not great in the animation
0: department mm-hmm.
1: it didn't really hit me though i very much enjoyed in imprisoned seeing the the earthbender's
0: style yeah uh yeah that's another thing that this show um after the fact, like once we're done with the series, you can go back and you can find a map, like th- there's a detailed world map of the world of Avatar, and you can actually follow the <laughs> the journey. I mean, this episode, I think it was this episode, one of these episodes makes a joke about that. Like it shows uh, Iroh and Zuko looking at a map and they're like, he's obviously a master strategist, uh, you know, master at evading pursuit and then cut to our heroes. And they're like, you don't know where the hell you're going, do you? Um, they say that on the show, you don't know where the hell you're going. Oh, what does he say? It's Sokka. Oh, he's. I'm, I think he says you have no idea where you're going to. You. Okay. Um, I'm just waiting for the f bomb to drop on this show. <laughs> like how, like in the later episodes of Breaking Bad, AMC
1: let them have like one f bomb. I'm sure Nickelodeon did the same thing for yeah, the show.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, no, but so they're they're now in the Earth Kingdom, and uh, so you get two episodes back to back that that feature the Earth Kingdom, and. Eric, I don't think that we can actually talk about it right now. But just remind me—I I have some questions about the Earth Kingdom's system of 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 royalty.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm a little confused about that too. So we'll, we'll talk about that.
0: Okay, so we have to talk about that on a later episode. But
2: uh, yeah, we'll, we'll. And honestly, it's probably gonna be a while because we really don't get into the Earth Kingdom proper until until like second season. Yeah. So yeah, well, we, pro- we have some Earth Kingdom stuff. I, I you know, actually, you know, this does bring up something that I think is worth talking about. And I'm curious about your thoughts about this, AJ, because you know, one one complaint I heard about Avatar from someone who's otherwise liking it, who is in the second season right now, but I had a lot of like feelings that the that while the world is very interesting, the world building is not particularly tight. Like, the nature of the way the political system of this world doesn't quite line up and I think that The Earth Kingdom is a good example where, like, there's an Earth Kingdom, but there's a king of Omashu, And it's not really clear what that means or what's going on with that. Nor do I think does the show ever make sense of that. Um, And I just think overall, like, the world feels very piecemeal in, in this first season of Avatar. Like, they just go to a place, and the place has its own shit going on. Right. And then they go on to another place, and that place has its own shit going on. And it doesn't feel entirely tight as a world the 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 high level view of the world works but like the way the world actually functions is a, feels a little slapdash are you feeling that
1: way aj um maybe it's just because i have only seen six episodes so far but it's not something that really occurred to me um as a as a criticism i mean i just sort of you know you go to a different town and that town has its own mayor i mean that's not the same thing as having a king but that's sort of <laughs> That that that's sort of what I was, you know, how I was looking at it. Like it, that, I mean, maybe it, it becomes like more of an issue later on, but so far, it's it, not something that really occurred to me. It's it's never really an issue in the sense that, like, I don't feel like this world ever
2: ever makes no sense at all. But Paul, how do you feel about it? I mean, I I, I and I guess I know we're really early on, but I also don't feel like the series later on in Avatar makes a big change from the way this world. Like, the, I feel like it's the way it handles the world stays pretty consistent throughout the show.
0: Yeah, uh, within within the series of Avatar I think that's true. Um I mean, no spoilers, but we can just say that the sequel series obviously continues the world history as well. And I think maybe by that by the time we get to Legend of Korra, maybe they've kind of nailed stuff down a little better. Because the world building in Korra is pretty tight, and I think it that maybe is. that's why it's becoming really—it's really obvious to me coming back. Yeah, that
2: the world building in Korra is one of its strong suits, and while the idea of the world of Avatar is really great, it definitely has that like David Eddings Belgarian feel of like <laughs> like you made up the next town while you got to that chapter where you yeah. to the next chapter you know like yeah. it just feels like they're making he's making up the world as he goes, which is not the worst thing in the world. That's uh, not like a like a, like an objective criticism necessarily, but it definitely. The world definitely feels more like, well, hey, what's around this corner?
0: Although I will say, uh, uh, I mean, I have a way to explain that. Plus, there's also the uh, the tie in comics that I've referenced a few times. Um, they are official. They're sanctioned by uh, by the creators. And they're actually uh, Glenn. Is it Glenn or Jean Jean? I think it's Jean. I think it's Jean Jean. Yay! I don't know how to say his name. Anyways, uh, he writes the officially sanctioned ones, the the ones that are in canon, and that series uh, bridges Avatar and Legend of Korra, and it deal. The comic series actually deals much more directly with like political stuff and that kind of stuff. Um, but you could also say we could just say that um, Avatar: The Last Airbender is set during a time of war uh, when you know, one nation is basically destroying all the other nations. So we can excuse them a little bit, maybe for some of the chaos and confusion that's going on in the world. Maybe.
2: Yeah. I'm not, like I said, I don't want to make this like a giant complaint. It's just something that's sort of like noted to me Yeah. this time around. And the thing is they do a great job in the details of every world they do. Like I love Omashu's system of like earth bending as industry mm-hmm. and earth bending as transport. I think is really awesome.
0: That is something I wanted to talk about. Um, this is really our first real look at how you take a, a pre-industrial, like fantasy setting world and give it some level of, of industry um, by, by em- employing the magic system of this world or whatever. We saw a little We see a little bit of it in the Fire Navy. We haven't really gotten a good look at the Fire Nation yet, but the Fire Navy, they're obviously running ships that are st- steam or coal powered. And, you know, their weapons are based on the, their firebending and that kind of stuff. But in uh, King of Amashu, we really get to see uh, a society that's structured around, in their case, earthbending, the, the, you, you know, being able to manipulate stone and earth and that kind of stuff. And I just think that's fascinating. You know, one of
2: the things I – there was a conversation that happened on Twitter um, between a couple of people that I know that someone was bringing up the lack of technology in the world. And the other person um, made a really interesting comment about that, you know, like that the Fire Nation is really the only, is the one that developed industry for a couple of reasons, one of which being that unlike water or earth, doesn't – fire doesn't have a practical um, civilization use the way the earth does. Right. So, you know, it's great for – for lighting things on fire, but you can't move things around your city with fire the way you can with Earth. So industry is a natural development for the Fire Nation in the way that it isn't for the Earth Kingdom Mm -hmm. because the Earth Kingdom can mimic industry with its bending, which is something that that, um, the Fire Nation can't do. I thought that was a very interesting take on the way that developed, and it makes a lot of sense why the Fire Nation has gone full Industrial Revolution as part
1: of its conquest. That is interesting. Um, that that was uh, that was a little deep, you guys. That was that was that was a deep cut uh, Avatar world building conversation. No,
2: I'm I'm glad we could do that in the middle of this episode about a crazy king who.
1: <laughs>
2: I, I, I don't even know what his motivations are. Sorry, I was gonna make a and joke there, but he's
1: he's, he's just slowly he slowly encases Katara and Sokka in jewel
0: in rock candy.
2: Which which by the oh, way, rock candy. He, that's right. Aang is just sort of like, yo, it's Boomy, all right, at the end of it. Like the guy was killing his <laughs> friends. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well. Yeah. Good point. Um, uh, one more thing that we get from from this, the King of Amashu is um, I think, I made note of it, I don't think we've heard the phrase uh, Fire Lord. Or maybe we have heard Fire Lord, but he's given a name. So uh, in this episode, King Bumi actually spells out what Aang's mission is a little more explicitly than I think has been done up to this point. Um, he he actually says that the Avatar, Avatar must restore balance to the world by defeating Fire Lord Ozai. So, yeah. uh, you know, up to this point, granted this is only the fifth episode of the, se- of the series, but up to this point, you know, it's just been 12-year-old Aang basically doesn't want to do his homework He he's supposed to learn all of these styles of bending to bring some nebulous sense of balance to the force right. <laughs> or whatever but now here's here's uh, now he has a darth vader exactly now we've we've name checked fire lord ozai and it's been suggested that bringing balance means you have to go fight this guy which
2: always will go well yeah yeah i so. yeah i i they do it. they do a good job like we're don't don't expect to see a ton of ozai stuff for yeah. a little bit yeah. um which I think is one of the things that's good about this series is that um it it focuses a lot on the peripheral things in the fire in the fire nation before we get anywhere and so we get a lot of zuko unfortunately that also means we get a lot of Zhao but <laughs> There's really nothing we can do about that. I'm sorry, my my Zhao grudge is gonna last this entire this entire run of his character. So <laughs> there's really there,
0: nothing we can do about that. I mean, there are much worse characters, but he, I, yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess, uh, he, he's an effective character. We'll,
2: we'll see more of Zhao as we go, but Zhao is effective at what the character is supposed to be. I just can't stand him.
0: Yeah, all. Oh. I mean, that's fair. There, there, so. there, are, there are characters that are coming up in the show that's are, are effective and serve a purpose. And I appreciate the purpose they serve, but I can't freaking stand. So.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm curious also, um, now that we've, we've gotten into this a little bit, what we, I want, I want more opinions on imprisoned because I seem to be the odd man out on this by thinking it's poo. Well, well, I, I want to say that the AJ, you made a point about the art being better. Like the, Earthbending feeling better in yeah. in this one, and I will say that
1: this is another Dave Filoni directed episode, and I think it does show. Yeah. Um, so but,
0: before
1: before Paul, you start breaking it down. Um, I just want to say, I, I am so like, when I relatively recently, when I and you, Paul, you kind of you you've fallen behind. I'm disappointed in you. Uh, when I immersed myself in the world of Doctor Who relatively recently. Um, I quickly discovered that uh, I could just dismiss whatever opinions the fandom, the Doctor Who fandom had on anything. Um, (laughs) Yeah. As as I often dismiss the opinions any fandom has about anything that it likes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I am fully willing, based on the reaction to Imprison, I'm fully willing to just discard any opinion any member of the Avatar fandom has. Um, I'm ready to, I'm ready, they're on notice at this point. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I, you know, I want to say that that I'm not sure Paul is right about this having a bad v- bad opinion in prison on IMDb. It has 8.1, and I, I can't think of the last time I saw something that had 8.1. Huh? On on IMDb, I mean that's like an epic score for IMDb, where like good movies have in the sixes and sevens.
0: So, well, maybe I'm mistaken. Like I I didn't uh, check my facts by looking up rating numbers or anything. It's just my my impression has been that this is one of the episodes that's kind of dismissed by by the fandom in general. It's super dull. I mean, it's really boring. It's a really
2: boring episode. AJ, <laughs> just admit that it's a really boring episode. I did not find it to be a boring episode at all. Okay, let's go back where I said admit
0: that it's really boring. <laughs> <laughs> it. I refuse, sir. Well, okay, so let's talk about some of the interesting things that this episode does. Um I don't I actually don't know how I feel about it on the, the boredom to excitement scale. Uh, (laughs) But uh, I will say that I like the fact that this continues their uh, exploration of the earth kingdom. Um, AJ, as you'll find out the earth kingdom is absolutely massive. Like if you look at the world map of avatar, you've got the North and South pole. They're really tiny. You've got the, the fire nation over here. That's a big bunch of islands. And then you've got this gigantic, gigantic landmass in the middle that's the earth kingdom so there's a lot of earth kingdom to explore um but i just one of the things i liked about this episode is it kind of shows us um what uh an occupied people like it, this is earth kingdom territory but it's been occupied occupied by the fire nation so these are people living under the rule of a foreign army um and that's just an interesting concept, I think, for a show like this, for, for a quote-unquote kids show, to get to in the sixth episode of a series. Um, and I will tell you that when—I do remember my reaction when I first watched this, that um, kind of like the King Boomy reveal— uh, you guys didn't catch on to that it never even crossed my mind like i recognized I, I i subconsciously acknowledged the fact that the fire nation is using these earthbenders here to mine and they even say in the sh- they say in the episode that they are mining for coal to fuel their ships and it didn't even dawn on me watching the episode the first time that all these earthbenders have been taken you know way out to sea away from any source of earth that they can bend except that the damn thing is filled with coal (laughs) so when you know first time I watched it when that happened I was like yes that's awesome I love it when writers can can I love characters and this is one of the reasons why I love Sokka so much this is this builds on or introduces and builds on the notion that Sokka is kind of the idea guy He's he's not one of the benders, but he's the idea guy. He came up with the the fake Earthbender plan, and then he repeats that plan to get the coal out of the you know for the Earthbenders to use. I, anytime writers can have a character be clever, and I don't see it coming, I enjoy that. So
2: yeah, I, I that is actually something I like about Sokka, and I feel like this is really the first time we get that, isn't it? In terms of like a really like a real Sokka plan.
0: Yeah, a real plan. Like in the war, it wasn't a plan. But um, AJ, you mentioned the fact in Warriors of Kyoshi that when, or or somebody mentioned the fact that when you know Zuko attacks, um, that uh, that Sokka, you know, stands like fights back and stands up, uh, and is actually kind of at least momentarily effective. Whereas in the first the first time he met Zuko, he just got he was the comic relief and he got kicked off to the side and uh, you know. Zuko broke his spear and everything. Uh, we're starting to see that Sokka actually is is more a little bit more than just the comic relief. He can contribute a little bit.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's and I mean I think that there's sort of a change in him after. I feel like he was much less of an obnoxious dick post Warriors of Kyoshi. Mm-hmm. Like yes. he started to, he started to feel more like the Sokka that I think of as Sokka as of the last two episodes. Whereas he was obnoxious as shit and. Kyoshi
0: again <laughs> yeah oh, okay that's true
2: I mean I guess that was sort of the plot of it but still like there's only so much sort of an obnoxious dude you can take care of in a show mm-hmm. and I'm glad that he and I honestly don't know like this is not me saying he's turned a corner because I actually don't know if he has but I'm wondering if this is like the the corner turn for Sok
0: yeah I mean it, it, it feels like you know the Warriors of Kyoshi to me felt like that's where that turn starts, but uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, we also get, uh, is this another, okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this another example? I feel like it's another example of Katara being the one who stands up and gives inspiring speeches.
1: I I don't know. Is she she a speech giver? AJ? I think this is the first time that's happened
0: on the show. I, I feel like, I don't, okay, maybe I'm exaggerating it in my memory. I feel like we've seen a couple times where she tries to give some sort of pep talk or whatever. Um, um she has to Aang okay, before,
1: but I think this is the first time we've seen her like on a on a larger scale do okay. that.
0: Well, whatever scale it is, Katara's thing is you know that she's the the uh, the hopeful one. She's the inspiring one. She's the one that you know really. Wants to have a microphone and talk to the crowd and and whip up revolution or whatever. So
1: she's the she's the Flavor Flav.
0: Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. AJ, thank you.
1: Angus, bro. Chuck D, she's Flavor Flav. Oh, Jesus.
0: <laughs> um, all right. See, <laughs> <laughs> so you can't you can't no, even continue no, no, on. No, I can't. I won. I, I won the episode. <laughs> Congratulations. All right, AJ, uh, sell us on this one. Why did you love well, it so much?
1: Well, I wanted to ask you guys first, actually. Like, is it is there a reason beyond the fact that it's just that you regard this as maybe like a filler episode or, a, or I don't know, what, what is the reason you guys don't necessarily like this episode? Paul, you want to go
0: first? Because I have probably, I'll probably babble. So why don't you go first? Um, well, yeah, I guess maybe, I, I don't dislike this episode at all. I just, it's a little bit forgettable to me. And I, it probably is because it's uh, more than even any of the other episodes we've had so far. It's kind of a filler It's like a one and done, even though, I mean, it does accomplish stuff. We get a further, we get an even closer look at the earth kingdom. So that's always, that's accomplishing something. I mean, we're learning about the characters. We're learning about the world that they live in. And we, you know, we get to see, uh, we get to see an example of how other people are living under the rule of the, the fire nation. So those are all like interesting bits to give us but as a whole this episode I don't know it just doesn't stand out in my mind
2: yeah I mean I think I think that it's
0: like maybe worth for me going back to saying
2: how I didn't remember this episode at all Mm -hmm. like I think that I'm not so much saying that like oh it just feels like filler to me like it's not so much a complaint as it is I literally did not remember this episode like I when I I saw the title of it. I didn't remember what it was. And watching it, I had no memory of it. (laughs) So that's not like... That doesn't always mean something's bad because sometimes you don't remember something that's really great. But that's not always a great great sign for an episode. And watching it again, I just felt like it was not a well-put-together episode. There's a lot of interesting ideas in it. But it's one of those episodes where it spends a lot of time on side character stuff. Like the the character changes of a side character and not so much on the main characters doing much of anything. Like it's like Katara is pretty much just there to yell speeches. Like she doesn't really have any kind of like big character moves in this episode. It's mostly about some random earthbender kid and some random earthbender dude. Who's voiced by, um, um, George, Kevin, Michael
0: Richardson. No, I was going to say George Takai. No, no, that's the bad guy. That's the the bad guy. yeah, Yeah.
2: No, no, I'm talking about the old Earthbender guy who I am almost certain is Holtz from Angel. Ooh, all right, now I'm looking this up. Hang on. Because Keith, I, mean, I feel like Keith does an episode in this, and he's just listed his additional voices, but I'm pretty sure that's
0: him. His name is Tyro. Let me look him up. Oh, Tyro.
2: someone... Okay, Tyro's someone different then.
0: Okay, Ty- Tyro was the... You're talking about uh, his father, right?
2: That who that was the guy who was like, I'm not helping. I'm the grouchy guy who who is beaten down and will not do anything. And then at the
0: end... Yeah, Haru. Haru is the the, the little kid. Shit, yeah. <laughs> the little shit. He's the kid that, uh, it, you know, I think they were trying to make us think there was going to be a romantic connection between him and Katara. Uh, and Tyro is his dad. That's okay, so the- I'm wrong. So Keith Sugarbaker, Chishikobag- guy I can't how to pronounce his name,
2: is um, <laughs> just additional voices. Then I was wrong. I just assumed it was him because he's a big name person, and I was like, I could, I did, I miss what that guy's name was because he was a such a character. big
1: name, you can't even pronounce it. How do you pronounce it? Nobody can. That's all right. I, I don't even know the guy's name at all. This is well, the
0: he, guy, Holtz from Angel. He's Holtz I, and I, Angel, I, he, and he was in Holtz. Dark Knight.
1: Yes, that's true.
2: Um, I mean, like, he's like, I mean, like, my point is that he's like a, a real working
1: actor. You know what I mean? Kev, like, he. Right. I mean, Kevin, Mike, Kevin Michael Richardson is a pretty big name in voice acting.
2: I actually I didn't realize that until I started looking. I, I just I didn't realize his name. He's in like I, I, a, a million things. things. Yeah, once I saw him, I was like, oh, this guy's been done voices for fucking everything. I just didn't. <laughs> I never connected it as like the same person. Right. So, yeah, he's done. He's been doing voices for approximately ever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yeah, in Paul, like you said, George Takei plays. Uh... The, the bad warden the bad yeah. guy yeah. In, in
2: full George Takei mode
1: I this is oh, yeah. how much
2: I didn't remember this episode I didn't remember a that George Takei was in an episode or that this was the episode that George Takei was in <laughs> I,
0: I think <laughs> I may be mistaken but I think he voices another character too like I think oh, we, really? I think he comes back not that character I think George Takei voices another character later this season neat I, I, okay I, I might so, be wrong
1: so... So now I guess I'm in the position of having to defend this episode. Um, I think for me uh see it's it's interesting and fun and also kind of disappointing apparently to me. Um since I know so little about Avatar, I don't know what it, like even when I watched Doctor Who, like I generally knew like the episodes that people consider to be like the really great ones or the or whatever. I don't even know that with Avatar. I have no preconceptions about any chapter of avatar Uh, that's good i think that's good i think that's good too though apparently that means sometimes i'm gonna think an episode is great and then no one else will like it but at least that means i'm forming my own opinions exactly Uh, because do you know how rare it is that i will sit down to watch something and like regardless of what it is a tv show a movie whatever and i don't know what people generally think about it that, like, DJ, I, thought, I, thought, I thought you were going to say, you know how rare it is for you to form your own opinions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'm kind of saying that because I'm, I am I always go in like knowing generally like what, you know, how people as a whole feel about something. And maybe that does influence my opinion. So I like the fact that I'm watching this free of any preconceptions. So uh, to me, going through the show the first time, this felt like. The first episode, um, I like the completely opposite reaction to it that you did, Eric. This, to me, felt like the first episode um, where all of the parts um, really worked in harmony. Like, I felt like, uh, and, and perhaps it was because I watched it right after watching The King of Omashu, which I thought was tipped way too far in the direction of just full-on goofy humor. But it in prison, to me, felt like, you know, there are serious dramatic moments there are some really goofy but really funny moments. Um, we get to see the Earthbenders really for the first time um, and, and how they move. Um, and and all of it just really, it is a standalone episode. I mean, if, you, if you tell me that it doesn't contribute anything to the greater mythology, I believe it. But it just felt like, I, I really enjoyed the visit to the Earthbenders village. I liked seeing that, like Paul pointed out, I liked seeing... Um, how, this, how the Fire Nation has sort of subjugated uh, this group of people. And I'm a sucker for stories of people, like, people who are so, because I think, I think the Warden, I think, has a line um, when Katara gives her rousing speech and it sort of falls on deaf ears initially, um, he has some sort of line, I didn't write it down, but about how, you know, there's nothing you can do to save these people, that that's how, that's how broken they are. Yeah. Like, nothing you, you can do could possibly, you know, inspire them. And I really love—I'm a sucker for stories of people like that, people who have been broken past the point of all reason, like, realizing, you know, either being inspired by someone else or realizing within themselves that there is, that they have value and and, you know, rising up, for lack of a better phrase— um, and I I really enjoyed that story, and I think there is kind of a uh, maybe not a huge character moment for Katara, but when she realizes, you know, it, it doesn't even occur to her that because her water bending is such a such a, a part of who she is, it doesn't even occur to her when she tells Haru to save that old man with his earth bending. That that could possibly be a bad thing, even though it's forbidden in the village. And so when he, you know, is is taken away and put on the, like the the prison ship, she feels personally responsible for that. And I like that her reaction is to, to go out there and try to 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 make it right. And I really like to see like the rabble rousing uh, side of her. And I just I really loved the people, you know, fighting back. At the end, I loved um, the exchange between uh, the warden and Tyro at the end, where uh, the warden says, "No, please, I can't swim." and Tyros Tyro's like, "Don't worry. I hear cowards float mm-hmm. and throws them overboard. Like i I really I greatly enjoyed like all of that. you know, here's the thing,
2: AJ. I agree with everything you said. Like, I think that the balance was better overall. I think that it had some interesting things to say. I like the ideas that the episode was trading in. Um, I think that my problem was just execution. Like, I think that's why I don't really hate this episode or anything. But I found that that I think my problem with this episode was execution. Whereas, like, the King of Monsters is a good example where the execution of that episode is a mess. But I was like, I mean, I'll get back the execution. The like the ba- execution of the like of certain aspects, like the art, are really much a mess. But a lot of the humor kind of works and the character moments kind of work for me. So the episode came off as memorable even though it was a giant mess. Whereas in this, it's like, there's all these great ideas, but everything is at this really flat, even tone. And it never really gets any life to it for me. So it's interesting. Cause I actually agree with all the good points that you made on the episode. I think it's just as a whole, it didn't co- like become cohesive into something. I think that's where my problem was.
0: People have often called me flat and even so I, see, I you
1: know, <laughs> I relate.
0: <laughs> well, see, I'm, I'm the middle ground between you two. AJ, you made great points and I agree with all of them. Um, I, I, I'm not quite as put off by this episode as Eric is, but like I I do, I really do like the fact that this basically what this episode is is kind of a microcosm of what these kids are, what their ultimate mission is basically. Because I mean, you know, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, the Avatar has to go learn how to be the Avatar, and once he becomes the Avatar, what does he have to do? Well, he's going to have to beat the Fire Lord Ozai and. Presumably, that's going to have to be, yeah. I mean, he's going to have to inspire the people. He can't do it by himself. Presumably, so. I mean, this this episode just kind of shows in microcosm what it is that they actually are going to have to accomplish. So, here's what I want
2: out of this, Paul. Write write this down. At some point, randomly, much later in the show, okay. I want someone to ask me which episode imprisoned was, and ask me to what happened. I'm just curious if I'll remember. That's all. But you have to watch while like Uh, closer to the end of the show and I I don't mean that as a troll I'm just curious will I remember it this time okay I've actually I've
0: actually already figured out when I'm going to ask you so okay
2: yeah because I mean like I'm not being a jerk when I said that I didn't remember it like that wasn't like oh so bad I barely remember anything I'm really not being a jerk I mean I literally did not remember this episode so maybe talking about it this time maybe it'll stick maybe the good parts of it will stick I'm I'm curious we'll see we'll see cool
0: (sighs) All right. Uh, what else have we got? Is there anything else we need to... Um, I I, I want to say, because no, neither one of you commented, particularly AJ, um, didn't comment on two of the, I think, the funnier background, like, like basically scenery jokes or whatever that happened. Uh, two characters that pop up just strictly for comic relief. The... Uh, the foaming at the mouth fanboy yes, yes. <laughs> and <laughs> and the my cabbages guy
2: that the my cabbages thing I like did not understand why we had a running joke about my cabbages <laughs> that joke confused me okay yeah the the foaming at the mouth guy was pretty funny though
1: one of my favorite jokes in this episode was in imprisoned um where the guard is like that lemur
0: he's earthbending bending.
1: <laughs> Oh, the girl.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else did we get? Um, just looking over my notes, see if there's anything important that we didn't talk about.
2: I, I, you know, there's this, so, this is something I'll be curious. Of. This is something I did not remember at the show, but this is something that I, I'm going to just warn you that will probably bother me a little bit throughout it. And it's totally in character. I mean, it makes sense with the show, but Holy crap. Is everyone useless in the show at this point. Like Aang has like three airbending tricks. <laughs> Katara can't waterbend at all, which I had forgotten. That she's at like the point in her in her development where
0: she motorboated in Warriors of Kyoshi. Motorboated. That's not that doesn't mean what you think of that Wow, I know, um, I know. I know oh, wow. <laughs> um, I know.
2: Wow.
1: Um i motorboated, that doesn't mean I'm a waterbender. <laughs>
2: <laughs> please stop. Please stop. Um <laughs> No, like you know, she's like kind of useless as a waterbender, which makes sense. And then, and Sokka is is the Zeppo. so
1: (laughs) uh, perfect.
2: It's just a little, so it's tough because there's like it still hinges on them like confronting Zuko a lot and you get a lot of like stalematey battles where no one is good enough to do very anything very interesting in the fights mm-hmm. but this fight still has to be there because it's a show where you need some action every once in a while mm-hmm. and i'm this is one of those things i'm waiting to see when it turns the corner to the characters being like competent at what they do <laughs> and they're not there yet and i yeah. i just want to warn you that that's something it's gonna it didn't bother me in the first three episodes but this time i was
0: sort of like oh man no one can do anything But see, but see, even knowing, as you do, knowing that these characters eventually, like, you know, grow into themselves, it's still, like, I can understand you going back to these episodes and going, oh, my God, I'd forgotten how useless Aang is in the beginning. Um, But, like, it actually annoys you? I mean, a little bit. I mean, part of this might be because um, Legend of
2: Korra takes a very different take on its overall setup. Yeah. And then, and then Avatar does. So I'm, I'm, you know, part of it is I'm used to what, what, how Cora handled this mm-hmm. overall. Uh, but and it's not bad. It's not. I'm not really. I, again, I'm like. I think I'm using overall like with everything in this like harsher language than I really mean to. I, I, it's just sort of. It's it's it does make some of the action sequences a little less involving mm-hmm. because you know that they have to escape via some kind of plot trickery, right? Yeah, as opposed to cleverness and skill and ability and and i think that this episode in prison i will give him prison this was the first episode maybe the first episode of the entire show due to sokka's plan where it felt like they legitimately won i mean and i don't even mean like they had a victory but like they legitimately got out of that situation you know like that was them you know everything about that plan what came together based on things they could do and i like that and that's something that's not quite there in the show yet and i will feel better when that kind of thing is happening more often
1: See Eric Imprisoned is a great episode.
2: It is it is a classic episode of dullness that I will not remember.
0: Yes. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. All right. It it has good
2: things. I'm sorry. I'm I'm being a dick, but it has good things.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh any closing thoughts?
2: N- no, I mean I I'm I I'm looking forward to our first two-parter next week.
0: Yes, that's right. So um, I, I said at the top of the show that, uh, every week we're going to discuss two to four episodes. Um, when we were setting up the show, when I was, I was scheduling what we were going to watch, I made a big deal about an episode, a, a podcast much later down, much further down the line, uh, where we were going to end up reviewing four chapters in one podcast. And I was like, wow, that seems like such a big deal. And Eric pointed out, Eric looked at the list and he was like, well, you've got us all the way, our third podcast is going to be us talking about four episodes. He was right. So next week we are talking about uh, about four chapters. So and, and, the, I, and, in,
2: and there's there's a two-parter and there's an episode that I think I remember pretty well, which mostly because I think it introduces a character that I like.
0: Yeah, I think you and I are on the same page for that one.
2: Yeah. So there's there's some there's some fun stuff in the in the next uh, block, if I remember properly. Although I am looking forward to the point and. And Paul, I want us to mention this when it happens, okay. when the when the animation stop looking terribly digitized because, like, everything looks weirdly scanned. And it did the yeah, first time I watched it, too. Like, and I, I think it just has to do with, like, how they rendered stuff at the end. Like, I don't think it's really the animation quality. Mm-hmm. I think it has to do with whatever post-production process yeah, they were which... doing and mastering stuff. And it that stops at some point. I know that that stops at some point. I just don't know when it does. So I'm really looking forward to when it does.
0: Well, I certainly uh, – like I said, this is the first time I've been watching the show digitally every time before I watched it on uh, DVD. And I don't remember – like I remember noticing animation quality, but I don't remember wa- noticing what you're talking about, the the biasing and the – the I don't even – I can't remember the term, the the blockiness of the lines and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely seeing it now that I'm watching it on digital, so – yeah, it'll be interesting to see when and if that goes away at some point. But
2: it will. It, I know. I'm almost certain that it goes away, and it doesn't last that long. I was so. ju-
0: I was just lamenting to AJ the fact that so so this week the uh, the series box set uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender is being released as as a single series box set, um, but on again on DVD, it's not getting a Blu-ray release. At least, not that I'm aware of. Not yet. And I was I was complaining because *Cora*, *Legend of Cora* has been out on Blu-ray since it was since it first came out, um, and I think part of that might be just the the production quality. Like, it it might not l- necessarily look good enough to warrant a an upgrade to Blu-ray. I don't know.
2: Yeah, they might be struggling with. I mean, like you know, I mean, Buffy is a good example of a show that like it's hard to put it on something like Blu-ray because what people expect from a Blu-ray release and what that show has as its actual, you know, well, the actual things you can put on there, like the actual masters don't match
1: up in the way that you'd expect. And that might be the problem with Avatar. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Still I'm sad, but,
1: or even like, uh, like the, the example I always go back to as far as that stuff goes is, um, uh, Sean Ryan said that the shield will never be released on Blu-ray because it, even though people might think it would look amazing on Blu-ray because it's a show that looks great, it's not even like a show like Buffy that occasionally looked kind of shitty. Like the Shield always looked great, but it wasn't ever filmed to be seen in high definition. And yeah, like what you said, Eric, it's not what you would. It doesn't look as good as you think it would, on and, and so at that's, some prob- point, that's probably what's going on.
2: They're wrong that it's never going to, because at some point all these shows are, because otherwise they'll vanish. So at some point <laughs> yeah. we're going to get them out on these things, and they and it'll be. You know, we'll get what we get at that point, but it's tough. It's tough with these. Like, it, it sucks with these shows that get made in that interim period between technologies. Yeah, because they sort of don't fit into either bucket very well. You know, like that. That like stuff. Stuff from like the late nineties to like maybe like two thousand five, two thousand six, all falls into that stuff where it's like you know the shooting quality doesn't quite match up. They can't transfer very well. When I mean, you see this in shows like The Sopranos, it doesn't look that great transferred to high def now just because i'm sure of how they were shooting it and um it's not it's just technology and and avatar is clearly made in that period where they were still working out the last kinks of digital animation Mm -hmm. for tv i should say because they had figured it out for movies but like that affordable level of digital animation and mastering i think was still kind of getting worked out by the time you get to stuff like Korra, Korra looks freaking phenomenal. Yes, it does. But, but like, and, and honestly, the end of Avatar does too. By the end of Avatar, Avatar looks awesome. It's just not quite yet. And it might, it might not be till season two when we get to the point where it stops looking like, like Homestar Runner. Maybe. Uh,
0: <laughs>
1: um, but we'll get there. Great point. Great point.
0: All right. Well, look forward to that. Um <laughs> So that's another episode. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for joining us, Uh, especially if you are new to the show, if you're following along for the first time. I I love hearing feedback that uh, we are helping to introduce people to this. So, uh, you know, contact us. Let us know. Uh, you can find links to this and all of our past episodes on the website. That's theavatarreturns.com. Uh, we're also on the Gobbledy Geek blog, which is gobbledygeekpodcast.com, um, or you could just subscribe to the show in iTunes, and every episode will be hand-delivered to you personally by a flying lemur. Um, <laughs> like I said, whether you have been watching the show from the beginning, or if this is your first time through, please uh, contact us, drop us a line, let us know. You can email us at, uh, tarpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and, uh, of course we're everywhere on social media. You can find us on Facebook, uh, for all of our updates, or you can follow us on Twitter. The show is twitter.com slash TAR podcast. Uh, And on Twitter, I'm at Haunt1013, AJ is at UnbloodCrazy, and Eric is at Salon, that's S-A-A-L-O-N. And uh, next week, we will be discussing Book 1, Chapters 7 through 10. That's The Spirit World, Winter Solstice Part 1, Avatar Roku, Winter Solstice Part 2, The Waterbending Scroll, and Jet. So, until then, remember, where we're going, you won't need any pants